Um, but for Netflix, you know, again, we're mostly focused on how do we do entertainment that you feel like you got to watch and, you know, stay up late at night. doing your own movies for a couple years, you're ramping up now. I read uh, you're going to spend about $400 million on four movies that are coming out this year, okay. give or take. You can never believe what you read. Sometimes. Um, Um, you know, what, what we're really focused on is how do we push the creative boundaries um, and doing shows that uh, bring people together, are exciting, sometimes they polarize people. Okay, we're live. We're rolling. All right. Hey, George, are you high right now? Do you ever get nervous? <laughs> <laughs> Shouts out to Drizzy Drake. All right, this is How Original, Season 1, Episode 2. We're a podcast solely devoted to Netflix originals. I am your host, Pat, I a.k.a. Am, oh. Big Peasy, and this is... Oh, I am your host, George, a.k.a. G-Easy. <laughs> <laughs> Gerald. <laughs> You're in a leather jacket and you have the slick back hair right now. <laughs> so, real quick, uh, we're going to talk about Deadly Illusions in this episode. You know, the beloved 2021 erotic thriller that Netflix put out. Mm-hmm. But off rip, I just want to address a couple things about the previous episode. Uh, so we're not idiots. We know two hours is a very long runtime. And you might not believe this. We set out with the best of intentions to make a short episode. Well, okay. So let me <laughs> let me shout out my friend Jaokai right now. Because um, he, so he introduced me to the band Bright Eyes right. um, a couple of years ago. It's his favorite band. Um, he had a podcast, actually. Shouts out to... Um, uh, I just haven't listened to you yet. Oh, this is the one that got kicked off Anchor for yeah. copyright infringement? <laughs> Yo, shout out to the bad boy. <laughs> the bad boy of podcasting. Um, he, uh, so yeah, he, he had a podcast with his girlfriend, uh, Letitia, about um, she was trying to convince him to like Michael Buble. Right, he right. He was trying to convince her to like Bright Eyes. So like every episode they would like, listen to songs from like both artists right um, and like i don't know just like go shot for shot kind of thing um and he explained to me that like bright eyes like connor Roberts, um would uh some uh, very often on his albums like the first song is like weird as fuck like there's right like a little bit like our in- like not, <laughs> not dissimilar to our intro like like just very straight and then like goes into like the album proper mm. like, and he was like yeah they do that just to like see who the real ones are like the, right. you know, the, the real ones will like stick through song one and like you know if, if they don't shut shut it off you know as after track one like you know right so so there. if you're still listening to this you're either our friend or you're at like the lowest point in your life and yes. you just don't even have the energy to click like stop on spotify <laughs> you found the end of spotify <laughs> congratulations you, you hit the back wall of spotify <laughs> um like I was saying to you before we started recording, one of my friends sent me a screenshot of like on Spotify, you know, where it says like other shows similar to this. And he was on How Original. And it's like, there are no other recommendations. <laughs> There's nothing else for you. <laughs> There's they're one of a kind. Well, so, well, dude, we're, we're how the name is How Original. Yeah, we're original. What do you want? If nothing else. So I, I did want to say going forward, I think we're going to do a less granular plot analysis. So we're aiming for about 50 minutes, maybe an hour yeah. for most episodes. I would say, you know, if we're doing something where it's 
truly a good movie like marriage story mm. or a super long movie like i'm sure we'll do the irishman eventually yeah i mean fuck that's like an eight hour movie we're gonna have to run long oh god but <laughs> wait crunching the numbers in my head <laughs> we basically well we didn't we, we didn't double the rent no we did like a little bit longer than the kissing booth right we did, we did a like a bit longer the kissing booth was like hour 50 or something right we it's did, like an hour 45 oh, an hour 40. oh okay, yeah okay. so we did about the same length. yeah so an hour so podcast would be like yeah we're we're gonna get these run times under control and also i want to address the audio quality look we're not sound engineers the fact we even recorded anything and we had the mics plugged in is kind of amazing to us yes but we we are working on making it sound better so this episode i think is a lot more listenable yeah, I I, uh, I think you'll find this yeah. is... Although, you know, I, I was more. replaying our game tape because I'm an insane narcissist. I actually listened to it twice. <laughs> um, and it did have kind of the quality of, like, you know when a rapper records a song through a jail phone? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I can't say I've heard any jail phone tracks. What's a what's a um, what's a jail phone? Uh, have you heard any? I any think jail phone Gucci Mane has a few. Oh, okay, yes, I think yes, yes. Draco the Ruler might have had a few okay. when he was alive. That they like threw on their albums. Yes. Oh, really? Wait, maybe it was. I'm looking this up. I think Draco the Ruler had like a whole mixtape that was through a jail phone. Draco the Ruler is the most early 2000s like hardcore rap like New York (laughs) game ever. And this guy was like in the past few years. He's dead now. So RIP to Draco. Dude, early 2000s hardcore rappers were like fucking fantasy characters. with like, Yeah, he did record an album on a prison phone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Damn. Um, I know uh, Cannabis. 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 like was about to go to war uh like he like joined the army i think and then he sent stoop the enemy of mankind one of in my opinion one of the ghosts goats of like beat you know one of the beat goats one of the production goats um does like a lot of the jedi mind trick stuff okay um i love his fucking beats but um like six samples like um really like sticky beats and shit but um he like just sent <laughs> wait me... did you say really sticky beats as if i'm supposed to know what the fuck you're talking about do you know like that mic that you're recording into is, yeah no is i real sticky hey lesson learned i'm not touching this mic this episode <laughs> we're getting better at podcasts hands off the mic dude because so, your hand won't come off the mic no it's mic. truly like a super glue situation yeah. like my fingerprints are gonna be gone if i try to take my hand off <laughs> it's, this mic it's a home alone style like yeah this mic. <laughs> so i think before we launch into deadly illusions we had a little bit we wanted to talk about just with netflix because mm. i think you know as we see various snippets of netflix news we'll discuss them yeah. throughout the episodes yeah. So I think we wanted to talk about the broke boy tier of Netflix where you can pay less to get ads with your Netflix. What is going on with people? That's so that's so dirty, man. That's that's, that's so you can it's pay filthy. How, how much less? I think it's like 6.99 American, but it's like a few dollars less. Dude, what else? Could... Well, I guess there are different tiers, but it's what's, you're not saving that much money. What's the lowest like what's the most highest amount of I want like what's what's the most pain Netflix can inflict upon me and my viewing experience for like the least amount of Netflix tax that I yeah. have to pay. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> what would that be? Like, can I sign myself up for like <laughs> pharmaceutical testing to get money <laughs> off Netflix? <laughs> can you inject me with something to get a dollar off Netflix? <laughs> but like, dude, it makes me think like, 
okay, this is going to sound callous. I'm going to like launch in something here. If you truly cannot afford Netflix, the last thing you need to do is be watching like a two hour episode of Stranger Things. You need to get your ass off the couch and hustle. You know, you need to put yourself in a situation where you have $15 a month and you can just burn that and not think about it. <laughs> right? Like, am I way off base? No, I, I think you're onto something with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, is Netflix a public, is it a, is it, is, is it a utility? <laughs> is it a human right? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I just think it's so funny when we go such a long way to like reverse engineer a technology we already had. Like you're watching television at that point. Yes. 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 <laughs> right? Like that's not, come on, just have a few extra dollars a month. Right. Grind a bit harder. Right, right, right. Because what, what is it? What is, so, because the prices are going up, right? Is that what prices it is? are going up, but I think it's still like 15 yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So it's like, it's not inconceivable dude. that most adults who work would have $15 a month, right? Dude, imagine sitting through the kissing booth with ads. <laughs> that would truly be my 13th reason why. <laughs> um, also, breaking news. Uh, you'll soon, according to dailyhive.ca, um, you'll soon be charged extra for sharing your Netflix password. Yes. So you can only watch one screen in that case is that what so that is? yeah i haven't really looked into this uh i was too busy re-watching deadly illusions <laughs> so is this going to be like if they catch you like watching from a different ip address that is going to be enforced I, or oh, is yeah. it like you have like you have a certain number of sign-ins on different devices right now right, right? right, right. so that's true. that's true is it like they're going to restrict those privileges because netflix uh you know, their stock has suffered and they reported like losing subscribers for the first quarter ever recently mm. in the history of their business. Oh. So I think confidence is shaking Netflix. And they were trying to allege one of the reasons was like, oh, we just have too many people sharing passwords, which ah. I want to ask too many, too many Russian trolls on this. Well, get, get, gotta get Elon yeah, on the board. Stealing the election, the Netflix election. <laughs> but for me, that doesn't Did really Netflix make you the election results. <laughs> the Clinton crime family. Um, yeah, for me, that doesn't really make sense because it's like, what? You're saying people don't share Crave or Prime or Disney Plus passwords? Like right. everyone shares passwords. So, so by Netflix's, so Netflix, yeah, exactly, exactly. So it's, it's like Netflix is saying, you, what you're saying is that ev all all those com companies would be losing yes. equally. Yes, yeah. I think so. I don't see it as Netflix is a disproportional loser in that situation. Yeah. I think they're con. Yeah, I think you should leave this. Okay, so yeah, as I was saying, I don't see Netflix as a disproportional loser when it comes to the password sharing. I just think their content has slipped and maybe people are you know having to budget and being like well if we have $50 a month to allocate to streaming maybe Netflix isn't cutting it anymore maybe Disney Plus is mm. maybe we care more about the Mandalorian than Stranger Things you know yeah, yeah. um which kind of brings me I mentioned I had a bit of a rant this episode so yeah. if you'll give me the floor for a moment I want to go off do it people who are still on their ex's streaming service <laughs> What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Why should your ex-partner be subsidizing your streaming? Like, it's such deranged loser behavior to me, but people seem to have no shame about it. They're like, oh, I'm still logged in from, like, somebody I was dating, like, 18 months ago. And it's like, Whoa. maybe log out. Maybe, like, how do you as an adult look at yourself in the mirror 
with any sort of self-respect when you're like i can't scrounge together 15 dollars like you need to be an autonomous adult and like okay just because somebody hasn't explicitly told you at the dissolution of a romantic relationship hey please log yourself out of my netflix doesn't mean that you should just stay there like it's a it's a loophole (laughs) again it's insane to me and also if you're aware that your partner is still ex-partner is still streaming through your netflix and you're like oh i'm just not gonna say anything you're a fucking simp they don't respect you the relationship's done they're not gonna get back with you just because they watch squid games and they're (laughs) like oh what a generous person they were like Everyone needs to wake up and start living in reality. Am I being too harsh here? Okay, fan theory. I, okay. <laughs> please, please be the moderator. What if these people are, this is their way of like keeping tabs? See, I think, yes, I think there's an element of as much as they claim, they're not fully ready to relinquish all of the relationship. Why are you watching, you know, like, damn, she, she's been watching a lot of Tyler Perry content lately. Right. What's <laughs> What's what what's that about? Since we broke up, she's never watched Tyler Perry movies right. before. <laughs> Damn, like you know, does she have a new boyfriend? What's up? <laughs> that is or introducing like, her to Tyler yeah. Perry movies. Yeah, and I will say, maybe I'm a misogynist for saying this. I it's generally women who are still accessing an ex boyfriend. Okay, I you know I'm Just sure the reverse happens, okay. but I haven't heard of it yet. Okay. So, okay. ladies, what is going on? I thought we were going to college at a much higher rate than men these <laughs> days. So, I, I'm baffled by this whole thing. But it's like, you know. Netflix autonomy. You stand for Netflix yes, autonomy. I just think if a relationship ended, it failed for whatever reason. You don't like them. Maybe they don't like you. There's a reason you're not in a bed together watching the same Netflix under the same roof. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You need to pony up that money and then go watch it on your own, right? Yeah. No, I and yeah. Sorry to cut you off. I just sorry, have one sorry. more thing to say. If the money is truly so significant to you that you can't do it on your own, figure out how to make more money. <laughs> Don't watch Netflix. And since I sound very mean, I'm going to give a piece of advice to teach our listeners how to make more money. Okay. I'm going to hit them with some wisdom. If you want to make more money in life, if you want to get to the point where you can subscribe to all streaming services, Ooh. what you need to do is stop calling things a slideshow at work and start calling them a deck. Shit. It's not uh, slideshows are for kids, decks are for people who do deals. A deck, dude. I haven't even yeah. I've never even heard deck. Like a pitch deck, like a slideshow oh. that you put forth to acquire business, <laughs> or like a listing deck if you have a property that you're that's sick. uh not that anyone can infer my job at all from some of the stuff I'm saying. But yeah, anyway, I know I sound very mean. Dude, what else could you call a deck that has like a lame I feel like you can call anything a deck that has like a lame name? Like let's just call it a deck and yeah. it's cooler. <laughs> But, like, a deck is good when you have a house. Like, people enjoy sitting on the deck. Oh, oh yes, yeah. yes. A, What's well, the deck, deal with decks? Well, decks don't need another name. They're already, yeah, yeah. They already have the coolest name, They're apparently. Good. They're decks. <laughs> apparently, that's the height of, of names. Yeah. Um, what else is, like, a really childish sounding? Okay, here. Oh, actually, weigh in on this. Um, Amanda's been telling me that, like, at work, when mm-hmm. I introduce, when I talk about her, I should real adults call their girlfriend their partner the classic the should partner. straight people call each other partner Part- debate. Yeah. yes yes well are you guys detectives like do you solve crimes together because <laughs> I mean, if you're if you're true detectives I, together I, I i true detective the shit in my house man. um yeah in i my mean household. i feel like a lot of people now they would call somebody they've been with for a long time like a partner yeah. even if it's like 
Yeah, because I guess as soon as you get engaged, then you can be like my fiance. And that kind of solves the whole like partner versus boyfriend, girlfriend thing. Because yes, because because a girlfriend is very yeah. kind of childish, obviously. Yeah. Or as you're proposing, should we just call her? Should I just call her a deck? Yeah, this, my, this is my deck. This is my deck. This is my pitch deck. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, everything's a deck. That's how you're going to make more money. Mm. Sorry, I, I know I kind of went off there, but I just need to clear the air. I think it's a very, I think people need to have more dignity and like do things themselves. I like it. I stand behind it. I okay, don't, good. I don't think you should be locked into your ex's Netflix. It just seems. Yeah, that's like a rap bar. Yeah, logged, still logged into my ex's Netflix. I got the, the, the we'll the produce some this. sticky beats and get you to rap. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send you some stuff on my phone. You'll send me like a YouTube jail, video. You know, bars. when people do like beats that are just yeah. like this rapper slash this rapper slash this rapper, and then they're hoping <laughs> someone will download and rap on it. You think the loyalist got beats though? He, I think the loyalist has a lot of stuff that's about to come to light. <laughs> <laughs> I think the loyalist has some stuff that's about to be seized. <laughs> no, shout out, out to the loyalist. I would love to have the loyalist on the pod. That would be sick. I would love to. I don't think they would want to be on the pod after everything we've said. But anyway, so let's let's get to let's get to the let's business. Start. So yeah. the movie this week was Deadly Illusions, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is a movie that apparently was like number four on netflix in the states the weekend it came out this is like the billboard charts like every album is like on the billboard charts you know what i I'm saying? i refuse <laughs> to believe this and it's like it's a movie that has never existed since no. so i that's also i think our theory that netflix just invents the most watched in your country oh right oh they skew those numbers yeah. for sure reed right? hastings has his fucking finger on the scale yeah yeah um let's set it up a little bit so this is starring Let's call her Samantha from Sex and the Wait, City. Wait, Charlotte? Charlotte? Uh, Chris and Davis. Phoebe. <laughs> Phoebe, yes. Jo- Chris and Davis <laughs> who plays Joey. <laughs> Joey in dream sequences, but Phoebe in the real sequences. <laughs> yeah, oh, sorry. Yeah, that, um, was, that was my bad Yeah, question. so it, it stars her and then one of Kelsey Grammer's daughters, Greer Grammer, as like the uh, subject of sexual interest who like shakes up the whole family. I was going to tell you... Um, my buddy Jaokai shouts out again. Jaokai, um, second shout out of the F, dude. Um, <laughs> sent us uh, the boys in the in the group chat a uh, article about like how um, what do you call it the um, uh, sort of the insider trading of Hollywood, how mm. like people's uh, sons and daughters will like um uh, in hollywood like go off and have their own careers oh, and stuff like was that like the nepo baby yeah, article nepo baby, that was nepo, going around i nepo saw baby, yeah, nepo yeah baby. i haven't read that but yeah. i've i've been meaning to yeah uh and um uh, kelsey Grammer had a daughter listed because it like went through the whole list of like um uh, famous people with like mm. uh, also famous like sons or daughters and um spencer Grammer was listed greer Grammer was not listed damn yeah that's a tough look for career that's, that's rough or kid. maybe it's good to not be included in this article maybe who knows yeah i don't know i don't know um <laughs> in any case she also produced the film yeah so i noticed that was... on my rewatch i think i texted you i'm like damn production credit okay get your bag yeah yeah uh also the director of this movie she... this is like the first <laughs> quote well i hesitate to call it a real movie Definitely the biggest profile project she's done. Are you familiar with her past work? Uh, no. Please tell me about her past so, work. <laughs> she wrote and directed this. 
And uh, hold on, I thought Ooh. I had the tab open. But her she's past... written and directed a movie. Yes, this okay. movie. Um, Wait, this movie? Deadly Illusions. Yes, Anna Elizabeth Greer James. No, oh, no, sorry, the director. This is yeah, okay, Anna Elizabeth James. So her previous movies seem to deal with like young women's relationship with horses. Uh, they're called Emma's Chance and Destined to Ride, and they're rated G. So I think they're for like kids. Destined. Okay. If I had to guess what a movie called Destined to Ride was rated, I wouldn't guess G. <laughs> yeah, what's the Mr. Skin page for that movie? <laughs> yeah, no. So it seems like she's done a few like movies for children uh-huh. and then somehow got this movie. But okay. I was thinking like maybe as a writer, she's better when she's writing a scene where a human talks to a horse because it seems like the scene <laughs> she writes where humans talk to humans, not too good. <laughs> people in this movie do just like hop on each other's backs and then yeah and then run off weirdly yeah yeah um, that, i did notice that that was weird so that makes more sense now yeah i i wrote in my notes that some of the sex scenes in this movie have like or the dialogue that leads up to a sex scene has like almost an uncanny valley type quality where it's like mm. are they androids like no people would do this okay. or talk like this so <laughs> every yes every single person in this movie is an alien um and none I, of it was sexy none I've, of it i've taken a lot of i have some i have some notes i have some notes about <laughs> yeah. this for sure i have some scenes i would like to quote directly yes. to you verbatim so um, maybe before we launch into the scenes we'll just talk really quickly about the genre of erotic thrillers sure because i think you that, know about it more than i do uh, yeah so i was going to say most of the movies that people would be familiar with in this genre like your basic instinct, your fatal attraction, yeah. like nine and a half weeks. A are, single white female. Yeah. Sort are, of. Sort of. Um, they're from like the 80s and 90s. Yeah. So it's kind of of a different time. Yes. Um, and recently, oh. I would say they've started to make a bit of a resurgence. Like, have you seen The Boyers on Prime? I've seen The Thumbnail. Yes. Okay. I, I saw that you saw it also <laughs> on Letterboxd. You voyeuristically watched my Letterboxd. <laughs> You've watched me watching Sydney Sweeney. <laughs> so yeah, The Voyeurs is like, I won't say a fantastic movie, but it's a really solid modern example. Nice. I think it's from 2021. Disturbia? Disturbia. Count? Actually, I have not seen that, but that was like earlier to like, it's kind of like a rear, it's basically like a rear window remake. Yeah. yeah. I think voyeurism is a good element in like an erotic thriller. It's sick. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to, anyway, yeah. Um, the movie Heavily, Wild yeah. Wild Things with Matt Dillon and right. uh, Bro- was that Brooke Shields? Wait, why do I not know this? I should know it. Um, Wild Things. Uh, so yeah, you're saying Neve being- Campbell. Oh, oh, Denise Richards and Neve Campbell. Neve Campbell. Yeah, yeah. That shit. Damn. Anyway, it's awesome. That's from the early 2000s. But my I'm also point... spazzing that Nev Campbell is wasn't signed on for the ne- the next Scream movie that's going to come oh, out damn. next year. 2023. They finally dropped her after they like finally 12 movies. Her, yeah, I'm, I'm spaz- still spazzing over that. <laughs> I'm still reading from that. So what I was going to say blow. about erotic thrillers is that many of them, if you look at them on a plot level, are stupid, right? Yeah, they can be very goofy and stupid. They're most. What are they about? They're about the vibes they're usually about they're people, vibe heavy 
I would say being horny and acting on that to their own detriment and yes. getting into dangerous circumstances. Yes. That the often related to crime. There's yeah. often a crime story involved yeah. or a sort of psychological yeah. element. Well, I was going to say one psychosexual, of my psychosexual, uh, if you will. <laughs> Listeners, I re listened to the last episode and I'm like, God, I said the word psychosexual like 15 times. So it's my, <laughs> it's my promise to myself that I won't say it this episode, but I'm so tempted. I'm like the forehead vein kid meme. I'll say it for you. Yeah, I'll, you'll be my proxy. Every time I'm, I'm like, I think he's. He's just trying to say psychosexual. I'll... I'm holding up a paddle like yeah. I'm at an auction and it says psychosexual. That's how George gets the cue. Um, but yeah, usually, uh, you know, an erotic thriller can be kind of stupid and melodramatic, but it can also be sexy at the same time. And yes. I think also the idea of having these sex scenes in movies is kind of a holdover from the 80s and 90s where perhaps people weren't maybe accessing porn as much True. or the idea of seeing like yes. a known star in these sexy scenes was kind of more of a draw yes um great point i think they also um uh oh shit i lost my train of thought um i i think that second claws kicking your ass dude <laughs> This com- this kombucha is uh, more heavily fermented than I thought it would be. It's at 0.07% instead of 0.05. I'm not used to that. Um, fuck, I forgot what I was going to say. But um, yeah, that's a great point that it was like, um, oh, I, what I was going to say was I, th- I think it's also heavily uh, related to like noir or neo-noir. Mm-hmm. Like it has, definitely has a lot of those influences. Yes, Would you say? definitely. Like, I think it definitely draws from a lot of those elements in terms of like, kind of a little over the top like a little mm-hmm. cheesy like like hamming hamming it up a little bit like um yeah it's got i would say it's got neo-noir totally and i was going to say Bugs. that's a great point with yeah. reference to noir and neo-noir i think in these movies there's often a femme fatale yes. archetype yeah. like a dangerous seductive woman who draws the protagonist who's often male into some sort of dangerous situation right. or makes them compromise their morals or threatens their safety um in some sense hence deadly illusions which <laughs> flips that on his head a little so, bit right first of all what were the illusions in this movie um <laughs> well was the whole movie an illusion <laughs> the whole movie was a fever dream when i was drinking cough syrup is this whole like, podcast this an illusion <laughs> yeah so Okay, in my notes, I wrote that this movie made me think of The Shining for a couple reasons. Okay. (laughs) Firstly, I really struggled with the physical geography of the house. Because there were some scenes that Mm. seemed like outside Mm. and inside at the same time. A little bit of that indoor-outdoor. And I'm I like, love a little indoor outdoor. I like when you go to a bar and it's got like the garage door open. Right. And so you're like... And you're seated inside, but like you're right near the garage door, like outside. That's my favorite seating in a restaurant. Or like when we went to uh, the Kiefer Yard and it's like quasi indoor, quasi outdoor. I like that shit too. Yeah. yeah. When it brings the outdoor indoor. Okay. I like that as well. Because I was thinking, are they almost doing like a mind game like The Shining? Kubrick famously designed the set to yeah. not actually make sense when you start to compare the exterior and the interior uh-huh, of the set uh-huh. to yeah. subtly, yeah. you know, even if you maybe don't consciously notice, it creates an uneasy feeling. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then I'm like, <laughs> oh, is this movie so brilliant that they're trying to do the same thing? And I'm like, no, absolutely not. Which, I mean, 
did Kubrick just fucking justify that in an artsy way? Like, he just had a fucking set, right? That he just made. I think it was very much by design, though. You think right? so? Right? Okay. I, I think that was always deliberate. I think yeah, everything yeah, yeah. about his sets was very, like, even the way he, like, reconstructed the New York set in Eyes Wide Shut, okay, I think, okay. was very deliberate. Okay. Okay. But, yeah, so I was thinking of that, and then I'm like, no, this movie is definitely not... Also, Hannah you... Elizabeth James did not <laughs> cr- oh. direct the moon landing. You're also, saying. <laughs> yes, we do think the moon landing was fake, but she did not do it. She didn't do it. Um, did you see the thing from like a year or two ago where a guy figured out that the Seinfeld set, the apartment doesn't make sense with the hallway shots we've seen? Really? No. Like the kitchen would be butting into the hallway. Oh, really? But when you see the hallway, oh, obviously it's not. That makes sense. And then like, I was depth, thinking. Depth wise. Yeah. Okay. I'm like. I'm probably, like, one or two bad hinge dates away from becoming a guy who makes, like, 3D models of, like, sets to, like, figure out if it makes sense or not. I'm like, that could be my lane next year. (laughs) Anyway, I did not make a 3D set of this movie, but I thought about it. Um, uh, Dude, do you even care about the pod? No. Yeah. No, no I'm, I'm just anything to you, dude. I'm just. I, I noticed there was no 3D set when I when I entered this apartment to record. I'm just I was like... expecting one on the table, ready to reference. Dude, there's no space. Our laptops are like ass to ass. Um, and then we have kombucha and like drinks on the table. There's a lot going on. Yeah. Wires and shit. <laughs> I'm gonna get my neck caught like a turtle in a six pack ring. Speaking of which, maybe do you wanna? Okay, before we go into the. We're, we're about to launch into the film, but I want you to do a live mm. kombucha tasting. Right, on, right. On pod. So my my friend, shouts out Angela, um, brought out a, um, from Toronto, brought a kombucha from Toronto called Rise. I want you to, it's like blue colored. I want you to <laughs> taste it. Tell me what you think. Just do it straight from the, straight from the bottle, baby. I was, so I smelled this. I was expecting to get tasting notes. And I'm like, it just smells like kombucha. <laughs> it all smells the same. I like a fermentation forward kombucha though. Mm-hmm. What do you think of that? Mm. Is that like a blueberry perhaps? No. It's also blue. So that kind it of is biased. Blue. It is blue. <sighs> is there a blueberry element? No, it's a, there's no blueberry mm. in there. It's good, but I don't know. The flavor is almost kind of faint. Yeah, it's dude. receding from me. It eludes. It's you. a deadly illusion. <laughs> yeah. Well, what is this? So that's a lychee. Um, oh, holy ja- shit! Uh, lychee lavender. and jasmine, or uh, is it jasmine? Yeah, yeah, lychee jasmine. Yeah, yeah. Dude, that is a deadly illusion. It's I nice. Isn't that nice? I didn't even know. It's kind yeah, of that's nice. very nice. Here, I'll leave you that, man. Yeah, I know sweet. you're a kombucha. Lover. I have like a kombucha on the go already. Of course, <laughs> feel free to. Yeah, uh, yeah, always. Thank you. Uh, oh, my other note about The Shining, a writer losing their mind yes. as they oh. work on something. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Yeah. So, I mean, okay, so it's crazy in this movie because the main <laughs> and, character. And, 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 the twins. <laughs> the twins. <laughs> <laughs> Greer Grammar's twins. <laughs> Damn, dude. But, like, okay, so the main. <laughs> We're going to move past that for a moment. So the main character is continually reiterating throughout this movie, like, I'm a different person when I'm writing. I just change. And it's like, so you have a complete breakdown and you can't tell reality from fantasy? It seems like you're not a fit mother. Like, you shouldn't be around your children. I was going to say, so we're both, you know, uh, aspiring writers. Yeah, yeah totally. Have you ever... <laughs> Can you relate to this? Do you become a different person when you write? When you're um, only, when you're in the cipher? Only in the sense that I might like 
ignore people who are trying to talk to me or like put headphones on not right. like i have a complete break from reality <laughs> so that's the premise of this movie is basically like basically it's uh, this writer okay so l- let's just let's set it up so yeah set it up so samantha from <laughs> sex in the city i'm just gonna, i'm just gonna interchangeably say yeah. the names of the sex in the city characters charlotte charlotte, charlotte. from sex in the city um is the star of this film um she is a famous writer she's a i would say like a gillian or jillian flynn type yeah kind of like a thriller writer who seems like somewhat critically acclaimed yeah yeah um she's written several books and is like quasi retired Mm -hmm. um because she's very wealthy and like her husband like dermot Mulroney, yeah, is his name Dermo, Dermo, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me, Dermo, Dermo. I don't know. Um, so they live uh, in like a really nice house with like actually with twins. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they live in a very like contemporary house. Um, you know, they have all the outfits, like the G wagon. They're very like put together affluent couple, and they're per- if I can just jump in for a second, yeah, they're portrayed to be the kind of couple where it's like. They always kiss each other as he's headed out to work and yeah. he kisses her when he comes home. Yeah. There's a lot of yeah. uh, to and from work kissing in this movie. He smacks her ass. The kids go, gross, mom. Uh, yeah, it's like they still have an active sex life. Yeah, you yeah, know. yeah, yeah. Um, I was going to say, so yeah, so that's the setup. She's written several books. And at one point we see her bookshelf with all of her book titles. Did you, yes. did you make a note of this? Uh, so I made a note of the first book we see, I believe in the first scene as it's displayed in a bookstore, it's called uh, Dark Places. Uh, the character's name is Mary Morrison. Yes. And I wrote, is this any reference to My Dark Places by James Elroy, where he tries to like find who killed his mother? <laughs> <laughs> it's super dark. I, I doubt it is a reference to that. But yeah, it's called Dark Places. Right. What are some of the other ones? I don't know if I caught the other titles. Okay, so I caught every title <laughs> perfect and i'm gonna read these titles to you mm. i want you to tell me which ones sort of stand out which ones sort of jump out at you as they don't really quite fit okay so just stop me okay maybe yeah just you know just, okay just just stop me when you hear mm-hmm. one that's like ah it's a little okay just you know it doesn't quite fit okay so uh dangerous choices okay hollow ground okay Razor Focus. Okay. Steep Edge. These are all very like 90s thriller type. Right. These uh, are all like erotic thrillers. Right, right. <laughs> uh, Monster Among Us. I mean, different because it's three words, but seems kind of consistent. Yacht Club. Hmm. Runaway. Okay. Wednesday Luncheon. <laughs> <laughs> that, that one seems a little amiss. Wednesday lunch. <laughs> that was one of the <laughs> Also, I feel like perhaps the writer of this movie stretched herself too far <laughs> trying to invent all these titles. She could have just stopped at like three. I want to know what happens in a Wednesday lunch. <laughs> and also, are we to believe this is all one continuous series? Because it sounds know. as if it, at least some of her books are in a series. Uh, yeah, I didn't get a... But I don't know whether we're to believe that Wednesday luncheon is the same as like, uh, I I fucking forgot what the others were already. Steep edge. Steep edge. For example. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, you fall off the steep edge and into the Wednesday lunch. Yeah, Yacht Club. I, I Yacht Club was another one that that's I, kind of too sort of plain d- as a title. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, there's nothing like fucking cool or like you know uh, edgy about like that. Needs something Club. more to stand out as I, a title. I think so. Like yeah, as a thriller. <laughs> yeah. Well, I feel like Deadly Illusions is very similar to a lot of those titles, where it's like I think that's what they were going for. Right? It's, it's like, like this generic, is... but so I thrillerish. Think, I think the point was that like that was the title of her the book that she is working on in this movie. Oh. Right? Did you get that? I, sure i mean i i don't because so the premise is, i don't think it's a stretch so the premise of the movie is she's working on a new book she's uh you know they keep pulling her back in she's uh yeah so the publishers give her a weirdly like typed up note that's like two million dollars all in caps i pause on that and it's like the rest of it is just sentences and then it's like we are offering you two million dollars all in caps so basically she's been given an insane advance that I don't know if even fucking Stephen King would be given at this point yeah. uh, to write this new book. So like, you know, like a lordy with the kissing booth, yeah. the bag is too good to yeah. not oh, do yeah. the work. Yeah. So she sets out to then uh, write this book. Um, and her husband, we find out, lost all his money <laughs> in a bad investment. What, okay, do, you, what do you think so... he invested in? <laughs> this movie has a lot of very weird, like kind of, garbled dialogue where it's deliberately edited so you yeah. can't really hear what the person is saying yeah. to add like the dramatic husband story. confesses to her like oh six months ago i made this bad trade or something yes what what the fuck does the husband do because he's wearing a suit and tie going to an office yeah. so he's not like a day trader is he like a hedge fund trader like they don't live in it, the city no and they live like in the suburbs yeah. So it's like, is he talking about his own money that he was investing or like a client's money and he's at risk of being fired? They're so, very nebulous about so it. So I think he took from their like savings account is, is right. what I gathered from their he, dialogue. <laughs> he found a new cryptocurrency unbeknownst <laughs> to her. He's like, yes, it was Dogecoin. I thought it was going to go places. She's like, you did what? With our kids' college funds? But yeah, basically the gist of it is through whatever poorly explained reasoning the husband lost a significant portion yeah. of their money it sounds like so now she has it was more all, it was pressure. all strippers, right yeah it was all fucking oh. cam girls <laughs> <laughs> this guy definitely blew it all uh in vegas on a weekend <laughs> yeah <laughs> escorts and poker anyway so she needs to basically work now and step up so she yeah. accepts this offer however she believes parenting her children during this time will be too demanding yes so although writing is famously the least kind of demanding thing you could do you're just fucking at home famously you can kind of set your own schedule and work from wherever so one would argue yeah if the kids are like going to school or whatever in the day also yeah it doesn't we yeah it's it's a weird problem so none of it none of it adds up but basically her friend elaine suggests like oh there's this really great nanny agency you should get a a young woman from this nanny agency okay (laughs) called huntsman enterprises (laughs) hmm interesting yeah that's that's not not a good name for what (laughs) what yeah yeah 
I don't know if men should be hunting these women. No. Um, also, I like how Elaine goes to great lengths to be like, oh, it's super deluxe. They really vet all the women. And then you see the scenes of Mary Morrison interviewing all the women, and a lot of them do not seem like they're good nannies no, they're at terrible. all. So it's like, wait, is this place good or not? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It seems like you can't make that joke if it's set up to be like, oh, this is a really great place. Totally. But eventually there's this one nanny, uh, Greer Grammer, or we think she's a nanny at yes. first. Turns out she was uh, never hired. But yeah, she basically comes in. They So Mary connects with uh, Grace, Greer Grammer's character, over their love of writing and reading. Uh, Grace turns out to be really good with the kids. And then we're off to the races and the plot kicks in. And I say plot in air quotes, because if you read the Wikipedia summary of this movie... 90% of its length describes the last like 20 minutes of the movie. <laughs> so this movie is too long and nothing happens it, for like three quarters. It's bottom heavy. Let's say. So a lot of this movie. Greer Graham. Not, I'm not talking about Greer Graham though. She's, well, she's top. We, she has a great pod. But let's stop there and <laughs> let's take a break. Okay. We'll uh, be back in a moment. We'll folks. be back in a moment. Kombucha, kombucha break. Yeah. <laughs> this is going well, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we should yeah, listen yeah. back to it. All right, so one question I had for you here: What do you think? Uh, what do you think of Greer Grammer? What do you think of Grace? You know, like the tennis skirt outfit and like the bow in her hair and stuff. I, Speak to that. I mean, I mean, this will come into play in sort of the twist of this movie, mm-hmm. but she's a little too. You know, I'm a personality guy, at right? Heart. You know, I yeah. uh, I like beyond the the surface. I dig deep um and of course on episode one you definitely were like yo which one of these three popular girls was the hottest yeah you you love personality man <laughs> fuck anyway hey, at least i remember the omg's names i remember you the fucking, acronym you fucking misogynist dude yeah the acronym what do you call you you call your fucking girls that you see you just call them j you just call yeah. them s yeah as long as you remember a first letter <laughs> You just have a number that you give them. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, or, take a number, you know, at those like bakeries and stuff. They just have to take a number and then you're like, you're 338. <laughs> you know, you know, what's fucking crazy though. When you're looking through your phone contacts and it'll just be like huge swaths of like first name Tinder, like first name Hinge. <laughs> Last name Eva, first name greatest. <laughs> and you're like, like what the? sprained ankle boy. Ain't nothing, nothing to, to play, play with. with. Started off local. <laughs> Thanks to all the haters, I know G four pilots on a first, first name, name basis. basis. Damn. Okay, we got to Damn. Stop. I can yeah. keep going here, folks. We're we're dangerously close to being canceled off anchor as is <laughs> for, for our involvement with the loyalists. Deep platform from anchor for fucking singing forever. <laughs> what a way, um, what a way to go. <laughs> yeah. So I I do think career grammar is good looking. Yeah. You know, I'll I'll try to be tactful and say that much. Uh, I like I like her outfits. Um. I want to skip forward. So there's a scene where Grace is swimming with Mary's kids in the pool, right? The kids are like, oh, can we go for a swim? And then Mary is like, sure. So then Grace has to borrow a swimsuit from Mary. Now, Mm. it's like this bright orange swimsuit, but it's a one piece. So it doesn't seem like it's very revealing or like very crazy, but they make it out to be like, oh, it's the wildest thing that she was lent the swimsuit. Because like... So are we supposed to think Grace is uncomfortable because Mary's like, oh, here's this thing if you want to cover up as well. And then Mary's friend Elaine is like, 
oh, you lent her that swimsuit. Like, what the fuck's going on? It just looks normal to me. I guess it was meant to fit a little small. Because, okay, her ass do be popping. Right. Her ass do be popping. <laughs> yeah. But I don't think you can help that. I think that's, wouldn't that be happening in any that's just swimsuit? A, that's just a birth defect, you know, right? Or uh, you know, a, a, a blessing, birth feature, sorry. a blessing and a curse, a feature, not a bug. Because, like, I don't know. <laughs> compared to some of the crazy shit I see on the Instagram, it really doesn't seem that uh, scandalous. No, and those twins, those eight-year-old twins, have probably like seen hardcore porn at this point, you know? Right? On, They've on TikTok or whatever they're on, you know? <laughs> well, they've probably seen their mom have like a complete disassociative <laughs> episode before, so they're like, you know, I think they're left alone a lot of the day. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> to, as their mom is like smoking twenty cigars in a row <laughs> to explore their bodies. Yeah. Okay. So here's two features of um, the the main uh, characters' like personality. So uh, <laughs> she smokes a lot. Indoors, cigars indoors in this beautiful modern home, which is just blasting cigars. Loves thick cigars and loves to take baths in the morning, which yes. I thought was insane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess when you have no job and you're just rich, uh, yeah, like the cigar smoking is to the extent where like Tony Soprano would be like, That's too yeah. many cigars, like, yeah. I can't do it. And okay, okay, my hot take, I think we sort of briefly touched talked about this. Like, I actually think that the, the cigar smoking thing, I mean, it's like it's like a little over the top. It's very over the top. <laughs> but I thought it was like kind of cool. I, I mean, I never really see that in it is true. Like, you know, cigarettes were invented for women. So it's it's, it's a cool feminist <laughs> is that a sort fact? of move. It was, I think it is a fact. Yeah, wait, yeah. so like Wait, cigarettes were invented for women? Yeah, yeah, to be like more dainty. What? And shit. Yeah, so what were yeah. men doing to smoke beforehand? Oh, or were oh, they, they just... were smoking thick six cigars? Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 And so cigarettes were invented because oh. that's the et of the cigarette. Ah. It's for chicks. Huh. Yeah, dude. I had no idea. And I'm and not going to look it up to confirm for kids. it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they were invented for Mary's kids in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Um, yeah, because I think the cigar thing is meant to show that she has power. You know, power Influence. and also these kind of sexual desires and almost this like masculine yes. sexual energy, perhaps. Which her like actual character doesn't exude whatsoever. No, <laughs> no. She's <laughs> she very, comes across very gentle and kind of like subdued. Very beta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but do you think Dermot or however the fuck you pronounce the name? <laughs> do you think he seems like alpha? Because oh, I don't think he seems very alpha. No, not at all. So it's like, who's the alpha in this relationship? She's definitely. I mean, she's the monetary alpha and that's all that matters well right? yeah because he she lost... owns she she owns the netflix subscription he's just he's definitely like sending her netflix because <laughs> right? he lost all his money investing in ripple he doesn't, so. he doesn't got money for netflix no he watches he's the netflix ripped. with the ads she, she, <laughs> she, she makes him have his own netflix and it's the one with the ads dude have you ever been in an office where people are listening to spotify with ads it's like dog this whole company is doomed <laughs> Yeah, a uh, a previous position of employment that shall not be named. You know the one. They laid me off. Uh, we used to listen to Spotify with ads that's, in the office. And it's like, so funny. what losers? That's so funny. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. So, okay, yeah, the swimsuit thing. Yeah, a little weird, I would say. Um, mm -hmm. But she's like, um, 
And I, okay, she, she, she's, she's, you know, yes, she's, she's pretty stacked, dude. She's stacked on both ends. <laughs> Which she can't help. Uh, but I was going to say, no. at this point, Grace is not being seductive. She's really not doing anything. She's a good girl. Yes. Yeah. But of course, as Mary later goes on to say, like, she finds that to be part of the seduction. Like, that she seems so innocent. Exactly. So it's like, you know, who's the toxic man in this movie after all? <laughs> I, th- I think it's Mary. <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, it's definitely a, the writers, I think, wanted it to be Mary, yeah. right? Because she's so perving on this young employee who's been there for like five minutes. And Mary's like, yeah, I bet I could fuck her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Although she has a perfectly like healthy sexual relationship with her husband. Yes. In fact, he even turns down a blowjob at in the start of the film to go down on her. Dude, that's this how is, fucking beta he is. Dude. Classic male feminist manipulation he, bullshit of like, exactly. oh, it's too degrading. I would never ask. Come on. Yeah, dude. this guy's a fucking loser. She literally us. like starts to go down on him. He's yeah. like, please, 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 allow me. He's like, I couldn't possibly. <laughs> and then he loses half their network. <laughs> so what is that going to show you, folks? Um, also, okay, I think this, this is the right <laughs> time. I wanted to read you a, just do a dramatic reading of something he says at one point in the movie so as the movie progresses basically mary so our title so charlotte of from sex and the city our title character the writer she's so she got this babysitter greer grammar to like take care of the kids while she's writing was the idea yes while she like fucking smokes cigars and pre- <laughs> pretends to write um takes <laughs> yeah. baths and jerks off um, <laughs> yeah, literally. um and uh, and so the husband, uh, she's so she, now she, so she's like trying to seduce Greer Grammar. She's trying to like turn this, make this good girl bad. She's on her Robin Thick. Yeah. Uh, she, she's in her Robin Thick bag. The you know? lines are getting blurred. Yeah. Um, and uh, Dermo, Dermo, <laughs> her husband, um, the simp, at one point goes. Um, you know, she she's being very insecure about her age because this young girl's around. This young. Yes, I think I know the scene you're about to and, talk about. And so what he says to her in bed, she's like, oh, "I feel so old," or or whatever. She's she just she confesses that she feels very old around Greer Grammar, and he goes, yeah. "You know what really gets me off? Gets me most excited. <laughs> Your brilliance." You have the most creative and intuitive mind that I've ever interacted with. Is this guy like an HR professional? Like, what the fuck is his dialogue? Dude, he's an alien. So I want to say this is spurred by her saying, because I wrote this in my notes, what do you think about women who get plastic surgery? Mm. And he's kind of like reading, trying to mind his own business. Yeah. He's like reading stock charts, but they're upside down. <laughs> which, and, is a lot, which explains a lot. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, oh, so this stock is going up. <laughs> It's like me when I invest in the failing match group. Fuck. Anyway, um, that's neither here nor there. But she's she's kind of doing that probing question of like, what do you think about? And he's kind of being like, no, well, you know, like, what would you do? And I thought it would be funny if she was just too quick to be like, yes, I love it. <laughs> he's like, yes, get huge DSLs. <laughs> you mean like a pog? Hell yeah. R slash pog. Check that one out, folks. Friends of the show. Friends of the friends of the pog. <laughs> Podcast. But yeah, yeah, that dialogue is crazy. Um, I also wrote in my notes, so there's a scene where Mary is meeting with her publishing people and they're kind of checking in, I guess, on the stats of her book, and they're suggesting that she does like what sounds like a very stupid twist at the end. Do you think that's foreshadowing to how this movie has a stupid twist at the end? <laughs> 
I'm not gonna lie, I blanked out for a second there because all I kept thinking of was like the nineties game pogs. But then you know, but then yeah. all the pictures are just white girls with big asses. Oh, yeah, dude. Well, that brings me to the next point. So in the scene, it's almost like we scripted this. I swear we're just we're one take Drake, folks. We're off the cuff. Um, so the scene where her publishers are saying like, Hey, maybe write it this way. And she's like, no, that's really dumb. Yeah. She begins to fantasize about grace and grace kind of like stripping in front of her and laying on a couch. And she becomes so horny that she ceases to be able to like hear the publishing person talking to her. There's more of like the garbled voicing. We've been all, we've all been there. You know, I, I was about to say, have you ever been so <laughs> horny that you've literally been unable to hear like, <laughs> It's, it seemed like in a movie, like when somebody's had a gun or a grenade go off near them and they have like tinnitus and they're like, <laughs> have you ever been that horny? Like in a Call of Duty game? <laughs> yeah, when somebody lets off a flashbang. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, have you ever been flashbang horny? Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah, probably once or twice for me. <laughs> yeah. Okay, good, good. Glad we're on the same page there um shouts out amanda <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> shouts out your loving girlfriend who supports us by lending us a mic she was messaging me today like oh no rush to give that mic back and i'm like well like, wait never... until you hear a couple more episodes you're gonna want to deplatform this real quick is the mic gonna come back stickier or <laughs> it can't get any stickier that's um oh i also wrote so a few scenes later grace and mary are having like cocktails are like a whiskey or something in the house and they're dancing to the song joey and i just wrote what a banger even if it's like a bad movie picking a classic banger and having characters you can't go wrong no, you can't. like instantly that elevates a scene so much if you pick the right classic song that everyone knows and loves tarantino-esque yeah yeah um uh, yes that was cool um they the scene i think you're referring to so yeah they uh, by the way, if it sounds like we're jumping around too much, it's because there's no plot to speak of. So yeah, no, literally until like the last 20 minutes, this is just all it is. Scene to scene, Mary yeah. is getting increasingly it's... horny and can't tell if yeah, it, it's basically a South Park thing where like at the at the top left corner of the screen, <laughs> it's like how many times they say fuck. It's just like a horny meter. That's it's just like yeah. a thermometer, and it's just getting higher and higher. And higher. Yeah. So so Mary is having a lot of fantasies about Grace, and we don't know. Excuse me. Once again, full of kombucha. Oof. Young, dumb, uh, full of kombucha. <laughs> yeah, truly. So we as the viewers don't know whether a lot of this is meant to be taken literally. Mm -hmm. And we don't... I think it's unclear by the end whether Grace ever hooked up with the husband. Okay, so there's a few things that are deadly illusions. Yes. <laughs> we, 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 we are not... We're not sure if any of the sex scene there's a few like sex scenes like so greer grammar jerks off charlotte in a bathtub one time right and i was um, gonna say pours in a lot of milk and or like or is that smegma <laughs> <laughs> i'm quitting this fucking podcast if somebody else wants to host this <laughs> i can't deal with you uh it's like some sort of milk or like soothing thing and then she pours in all these flower petals yeah. and it's like am i supposed to find this sexy just say it. Psychosexual. It is. Folks, it's a psychosexual <laughs> glimpse into the feminine mind. Felt so good to say. We're back, baby. Um, uh, there's that. There's also like a scene where I think 
is Dermo blindfolded and is like going down on Greer Grammar yes. in the kitchen and she's going like, who is my good boy? Who is my good yes. boy? Yeah. Yeah. So that scene happens after it appears Mary and Grace hook yeah. up in the kitchen. They're interrupted by Dermo. Yeah. And then Mary makes up some excuse and she's like, oh, I have to go lay down. I'm not feeling well. And then yeah. she like actually faints or something. Yeah. Yeah. And she is in the bed, and then she tries to go back into the kitchen, and she's seen this, or is she? Right. Right. But yeah, it seems like perhaps in rapid succession, she hooks up with both of them? Yes. Question mark? Yes. And we're <laughs> unsure who's in charge, who's like in control. Is it Greer Grammar? Is yes. it Charlotte, who's like making <clears throat> these advances? Is a little unclear, too. And that's part of the... I think bad writing here. Yes. Um, they're both in control at various points. There is a plot device that gets introduced in the last 10 minutes of the movie so that explains this. If but... I can just jump back to something a little earlier, the yes. scene where they're lingerie shopping yes. is a crazy ass scene. Yes. Because Mary. I actually thought it wasn't like... a bad scene. I actually thought it was okay. I thought it actually kind of worked. This is like the montages and kissing booth where you're like, this is fire. <laughs> I just uh, wrote lingerie fire <laughs> in my notes. Let me see those notes. Fire lingerie. This is there white, like a you huge, can't even read them. There's white there's, cloths. Yeah, there's them. a huge smudge. Um, so yeah, basically Mary's had this young employee for like two days. They're becoming friends. Yeah. And Mary's like, oh, let me take you shopping. Because yeah. I guess Mary goes like fancier clothing stores or whatever. Let me buy you bras. Yes, goes into the change room with Grace yeah. and helps her try on bras. Now, I wrote in my notes, I might be genuinely ignorant. Even if women were really good friends with each other, do they go into the change room while shopping for bras? Ladies, or... write in. It's howoriginal at gmail.com. Is that what we're at? Howoriginalpod at gmail.com. Female listeners, please write me. I genuinely don't know. Like, yeah. I get that in the movie, it's supposed to be like a power dynamic yeah. and like, you know, the sexy overstepping. But like, in real life, do y'all go into the change rooms with each other? I, that's a great question. Because yeah. um, you go into the change, we go into the change room with the homies. With the homies, <laughs> I'm like, yo, put these supreme boxers on me real quick. <laughs> <laughs> Get a picture of me in the supreme boxers and the backwards chrome hearts hat. <laughs> but yeah, zip me up real quick. <laughs> zip me up real quick, RQ. <laughs> but yeah, in the movie, it becomes this flirtatious thing, and like some sort of comment on like grace saying like oh i'm comfortable with my body blah 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 and mary being like oh i wish i'd spent more of my youth comfortable with it and then grace kind of moves mary's hand down to the the boob yeah. i forget if it was left boob or right boob but uh, anyway hold on whose perspective um <laughs> so from her <laughs> you're in your mind palace from my perspective it was the right boob right yeah like you condone this <laughs> and also it was the right yeah but this is one of the many scenes where it's like i guess this should be sexy but i really found nothing about it to be. Uh, i thought actually i i thought it was a, i thought it worked i i okay. I, I honestly thought it kind of worked mm. on on that level i thought the lighting was god awful like they used real walmart lighting <laughs> like oh the change room looked too authentic yeah yeah no it was it was it, it was not sexually lit whatsoever no but, no um it was not sexual lighting but it was i thought it was an effective scene which is rare for this movie okay. that was one of the few in my opinion because i feel like yeah erotic thrillers kind of need to have a very stylized look yeah and maybe the to, like harsh work. change room lighting was not the 
best choice. They're a mood. This is where the neo noir kind of influence yeah, should yeah, totally. come in, you know, totally. to play. Um, anyway, so uh, they have all these sort of um, uh, escapades. Um, or did they happen? <laughs> or, or did they? <laughs> we, we're not sure. Um, at one point, I think you were starting to reference, I think I, 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 uh, uh, I um, interjected, uh, when they go out with their friends for a fundraiser, right? You were saying at one point, were you, uh, you going to talk about that? The fundraiser? Should we talk we, about the fundraiser scene? Yeah. So what happens in the fundraiser? So this is kind of like two thirds through the movie where they go out with another couple that I think only exists in this one scene, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Cause our friend Elaine is like back at the house. Right, right, right. With Grace and the kids maybe. So the, the main couple go out to the fundraiser and like, Oh, by the way, so all this, the, all these sexual escapades we've been describing them going shopping for bras. So this is presumably happening, happening on like, isn't grace supposed to be watching the kids. This was the confusing part for me. The right. whole reason she got grace was so that she could watch, watch the, kids the kids while she writes. So if she's hmm. going off and doing things with grace, what? Also, what? when she talks a couple times about like, oh, Grace, you've been so helpful. You've helped me break my writer's block. It's like, no, you seem very distracted. I don't get how this is possibly helpful. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that's a good point. Uh, maybe that's off the clock. Uh, it seems like Grace is just always at the house now. Yes. Yeah. So the time, I'm just saying the timing's a little right. unclear. What, at what point <laughs> of the day is this happening? Who's like... <laughs> It's a little weird. It's a little murky. I don't know. Yeah, the, the kids are like they're in like three scenes. It's just like I feel like they're a big part of the plot, but they're in way too few. I scenes. cannot picture the kids' faces or names. No, they could be any age between like six and twelve. I wouldn't know. They have one great line in the movie, which is um, so at one point um, the uh, so Charlotte is saying I because she she's she thinks she's having all these visions of like Greer grammar fucking Dermo. Yeah, yeah. Um and like uh yeah and, and she's not sure she and so she comes downstairs for dinner after she's just <laughs> oh, seen yes. Greer and Dermo fucking. Uh maybe we're not sure. Maybe. Was it a dream? Was it not? Um she comes downstairs, the kids are like, Mom, you okay? Um she's like, Yeah, mommy just had a bad dream. And uh the little boy goes, Teacher says a bad dream is actually a nightmare. <laughs> yes and it's like wow you need to do our teacher tell you that yeah <laughs> your author mother isn't explaining these words to you like what great writing you know yeah that dream is actually a nightmare fucking great like is there a way that line could have been now i'm trying to rewrite it is there a way it could have been done to have like thematic weight let's doctor this movie yeah um yeah, I feel like they were trying to go for like I could sort of see what they were trying to go or for. Or like, okay, I, let me pitch this. But if it the, just sounds dumb. <laughs> oh, it's very dumb. But if a boy had said like, my teacher says like, sometimes nightmares come true if that's, you think about them too much. That, I think that's what they're which going. I don't know if a teacher would ever say that, but something to that effect. <laughs> From experience, no. <laughs> I will say no. Yeah, no. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think that's like sort of the thing that they were going for. Right. But just didn't it, stick the landing it, whatsoever. Well, it's because he wasn't saying this line to a horse. <laughs> if they had, had a horse actor in these scenes. Just yeah. So it would have popped. How do we fix this movie? We do our how to how do we fix this movie? <clears throat> right. Uh, so bit at the end is you just put a horse in every scene. Yes. I was actually thinking though, genuinely <laughs> how, how I would fix this movie 
is to have okay at the start of the movie mary has been some sort of like psychiatric hospital like she's had a breakdown she can't tell what's real she comes back to the family the husband suspects she isn't a fit mother but is like trying to repair the relationship at the same time and then goes and hires a nanny and then all these dare i say psychosexual tensions arise Ah. but i think there should be a question of like can mary even be trusted around her family right i i think Okay, let, I think I think we should blast through the plot. I, I, I think oh, let's blast through it. So, yes. um, uh, we're not sure if any of these sexual things are happening. We don't know what's real. Um, okay, it's like thirty minutes left of the film. It's fucking two hours long. It's um, so long. Folks. We've had basically no plot up to this <laughs> point, and then all of a sudden, her best friend Elaine, so um, Mary's best friend Elaine, just dies. Apparently, she was a psychiatrist um yes and she dies by scissoring <laughs> scissoring to the neck <laughs> scissoring to death yeah um she got scissored, scissored to death scissored to neck yeah. yeah so she got scissored in the neck and um what did you think about like the effects i thought it looked very fake it looked very fake <laughs> but like very hammy and like yeah. that sort of erotic thriller way i yeah. feel like if everything else about the movie worked it would have been fine yeah um but it no, i mean nothing, i could have forgiven it if anything else had worked but nothing about this movie was confident so that no. not being confident just like <laughs> no. salt in the wound you know yeah um so she dies uh mary's like mary gets accused of the murder because apparently there's camera footage of her going into her office at one point of the day yeah. with like a headscarf on um for some reason so we're meant to think it's grace on the video which later goes into like the last yeah. scene of the movie so we're unsure if it's grace or if it's because grace like tends to borrow a lot of her clothing as well yeah. so we're not sure if it's grace that did it and just dressed up as mary uh or if it was mary and mary's crazy <clears throat> so basically the tension in the movie is is grace doing all this yeah or is is this Mary and is the writing somehow like making Buck her wild. crazy? Yeah. Um, <laughs> she's like writing. I don't know. Anyway. So. And um, the police are also suspicious of her because apparently something similar to this is happening in her manuscript. Like they have her manuscript as evidence. Well, my theory is that she's so because this movie's called deadly illusions, this is the book she's writing. So she, literally this movie is the book. I think. Uh, yeah my my brain was just blown here <laughs> listeners damn yeah this is no wednesday luncheon no yeah but i guess like we're never told as the audience like what this book is actually about we just know grace no. is supposedly helping her and apparently the police are saying like oh the events in your book are very similar yeah like what you described i think we're meant to think like basically she's just oh, writing okay. the plot of what's happening huh right um that's a very like generous way to be like this movie's dumb but i actually think that's it was what it was trying to do mm. like could have been well done i yeah I, it just it was it was trying to do some interesting things like i like a lot of the ideas let's say mm-hmm. it's just the execution was awful but the execution fell very flat so and the whole twist is dumb so let's explain the, the, twist. the whole twist i'm just gonna power through it real quick i think i have this yeah go do it uh so mary gets a call from the agency being like oh you haven't like cashed a check or something or you haven't like oh you haven't hired a nanny yet yes like we haven't received any payment or something and she's like what no i did it's grace and they're like it's great she's totally hot thank you yeah i'm really (laughs) sexually harassing this young woman you entrusted yeah uh and then she basically finds out like oh grace is a fraud and somehow she ends up finding out that grace 
Was that a timer? Time to take my birth control, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was just my rant. I don't know how to turn off this timer on my fucking uh, Casio. <laughs> on my gold Casio. All right. So she somehow... <laughs> I'm like, I can see the finish line. We're going to get there. So she somehow finds out that Grace was adopted into like the foster system. So she goes to see Grace's like adopted mother, yeah. who is... This is a crazy part of the movie because yeah. you see that this woman has like split personalities and yeah. one moment she's like nice and normal and the next she's talking in a different voice and she like kicks her dog for no reason. <laughs> and I wrote in my notes that the dog kick looks as convincing as a scene in The Irishman where like nine-year-old De Niro is supposed to be like 25 and he's supposed to be like stomping <laughs> someone out and he has no range of motion. <laughs> so yeah, and basically the idea is that like uh, Grace was abused and like developed, I guess, multiple personalities of her own, yeah. like throughout the foster system. Yeah. And now she's like this unstable maniac. So we cut back to the house. The husband is taking a shower. Grace comes in with a knife and she's like talking in a very different way than she has throughout the rest of the movie. Yeah. Slashes him. There's a whole scuffle. Mary comes. She's like, back. "Yo, Dermot. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, what's up, Dermot? <laughs> Just does black set. <laughs> she does a Billie Eilish. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy that Billie Eilish just talked like that for three years and then stopped one day. And we're all like, okay. <laughs> anyway, we we can litigate the whole Billie Eilish thing in another episode. Yeah, yeah. So uh, basically, there's we'll, a we'll huge, let her off the hook. Yeah, for now, <laughs> we'll let her live for now. Uh, there's a huge scuffle at the house, and essentially. Grace's multiple personalities are fighting like the evil one versus like the normal yeah. day-to-day yeah. one. Now, what do you think of the scene where she's talking to herself back and forth in different voices? I wrote, LOL, shocked she wasn't nominated for an Oscar for this. <laughs> so bad, dude. Kelsey Grammer watched this one. And he was like, <laughs> The quality, folks, the quality of this is like, uh, kill him. You have to kill him. Stop it. Stop yeah. it. Stop <laughs> it. Shut up. I don't want to. You have to kill him. Stab yeah. him in the tit. I don't yeah. want to <laughs> cut off his tit now. Do it. <laughs> yeah, that is about the caliber yeah. of yeah. what we see. So then Mary eventually knocks Grace out. <laughs> what, what if her multiple personality, what if her like alternate personality was like super formal and like very like polite, like Frazier? <laughs> what if this was in the Can Frasier I offer verse? you a Sherry Niles? <laughs> What if one of her personalities was Frasier, the other was Niles? Damn. What if one was the what if one was the grandpa <laughs> and one was the dog? <laughs> She's like, ruff, ruff, ruff. <laughs> one is uh, Eddie the dog yeah, from Eddie Frasier. The dog. So, all right, we're basically at the end here. So Grace gets knocked out. We transition sometime later. So we find out the husband survived. I thought he was gonna die from being mm. all slashed up, but yeah. he survived. Uh, Mary is visiting Elaine's grave, her friend who got scissored, yeah. uh, dropping, like, paying her respects, basically, or yeah. dropping the manuscript or something. That was weird. Fuck it, whatever. Let's move on. Let's it makes, move on. makes no sense. And then the last, we can last spend a whole scene of the entire movie <laughs> is Mary going to, like, the, what would you call it, like, the asylum or, like, the mental hospital where Grace is being held? Like, it's not a formal prison, is it? Um... It's like kind of a prison slash hospital. It's like a Swedish prison. Uh, <laughs> she has like a PlayStation in there and shit. Uh, okay, so we're about to okay take a quick break. Um, all right, we're back. So uh, finish the movie. They're in a 
she, yeah, she's in basically a mental hospital, Greer Grammar, right? Yeah. In the end. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and if she was a man who did the same thing, she'd be behind bars. Oh, dude. <laughs> they are too soft on female <laughs> criminals. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so basically, Mary goes to visit her just to check in and be like, hey, how's it going? Then we cut away, we're seeing the exterior, and we see a figure in like a headscarf walking out, like in the police tape from earlier. So we're meant to perhaps think that Grace's alternate side came out, that she killed or incapacitated Mary and escaped from this facility. Frazier killed yeah. Mary. <laughs> Um, Frazier killed the Niles inside of them. <laughs> yeah, so we're not so we're not sure. Basically, they're trying to make an ambiguous ending. Either Mary just leaves the hospital and, and everything's normal, or uh, Greer Grammar kills Mary. Yeah, and I guess assumes her. Well, I don't know. Basically, just leaves. Escapes. Basically, takes her clothing to like yeah. disguise herself and escape. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's it, that's folks. It. That's the fucking movie. Yeah. Uh, very stupid final twist at the end, I would say. Is and like, that, why would Mary even go visit someone that you know is a violent? I mean, no, okay, nothing. <laughs> multiple personality, like schizo kind of. Dude, she can't stop thinking about those fucking. Like, is she still horny for Grace at the end? <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's like conjugal visit in the Swedish PlayStation hospital. She can't stop thinking about the heavies, dude. <laughs> what do you? What do you want? <laughs> Who amongst us hasn't been there? <laughs> yeah, so, okay, we do the chill or kill segment. I'm going to have to kill this. This is a big kill. Don't watch this movie. Yeah, no. Nothing I... about this movie makes any sense. You um, know what? The caveat, if you're an aspiring screenwriter and you're feeling discouraged, watch this movie oh, because yes. I bet you can write something as good or more likely better than this movie. So if you're having like a crisis of confidence as a writer, you should watch this. Thanks. It'll Thanks. make you feel better. Thanks. Yeah, it made me feel better about my pilot work wives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we my, can... my TV show, uh, the pilot for my upcoming TV yeah. show, Work Wives. Yeah. Well, that that could be a Patreon tier. Like yeah. we do a stage reading. We do a reading of Work yeah. Wives, yeah. <laughs> That'll definitely get us to platforms. <laughs> I made all my friends do that on new year's I think, <laughs> yeah you were telling last me. year that's so over, dope over zoom i made my friends yes. girlfriends say heinous things <laughs> <laughs> nobody has ever felt the same in the friend group since um yeah it's a big this is a big kill this movie sucks yeah. the acting's bad the the writing's bad the directing's non-existent um it, yeah it, it's just bad all the way down it's not thrilling it's not erotic no. uh it's <laughs> It's not anything. It's a it's a fever dream we collectively had. Yeah. Um. This is Wednesday luncheon. <laughs> yeah. This, this is no steep edge. <laughs> <laughs> the benchmark for quality is a steep edge. <laughs> yeah. No. This like this makes me want to watch a good erotic thriller. Yeah. Again. Like yeah. this makes me want to watch Basic Instinct. Yeah. yeah. What something. was that one um, about the? The guy that like rents the other guy's apartment. Remember, I think he told me about it. Oh, hard copy or something. It was like, um, it was like oh, body double, body double. Yeah, body that's double. a great De Palma movie. That's a where great it's... erotic thriller. Hey, there's a lot of psychosexual stuff in that one. <laughs> yeah, that's hey, an incredible hey. movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The music that plays oh. when the guy's first looking through the telescope yes. at his hot neighbor Ooh. is like, it's like mind blowing. Yeah, that's yeah, that that movie is fantastic. Watch that. Yeah, watch that instead. 
watch anything instead. <laughs> um, yeah, so our last little segment will do recommendations, you know, mm. other media, highbrow shit, yeah. as some would say. You, you start with this one. Yeah, so I just rewatched Before the Devil Knows You're Dead last night, yeah. which is terrific. Um, the last movie, uh, Sydney Lumet? Sydney Lumet? Jeremiah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, last movie he did, he was in his 80s when he directed it. Uh, it's from the mid 2000s with Philip Seymour Hoffman and Ethan Hawke. They both turn in like some of the best, I would say, like some career best performances. And uh, it's just a really great crime story where it's like things go from bad to worse in every scene. And you're like jumping around in time and like filling in new details. Mm. Um, and it's just a movie where everything looks like very gritty and very depressing, which suits the movie. Um, oh, I also want to recommend the movie uh, from 2009, uh, A Prophet, which mm. is a great prison movie. I'm like obsessed with prison movies. <laughs> um, and it's about the tensions between these like Arabic and Corsican prisoners. Mm. And it's about a young man who is kind of clueless when he first goes to prison and is at first kind of, you know, like in danger but then slowly works his way up and kind of the criminal enterprise within the prison oh cool hey. yeah it's it's really good like it's all subtitled it's all french um, oh french okay. but yeah that's that's a great movie that it's not like a short movie by any means but i feel like it really pays off in a in a meaningful way that sounds good yeah that sounds really good. and that's on uh criterion collection but i was also thinking like have you seen the memes where it's like every man is convinced that they could like land an airplane or something or like do all the stuff? <laughs> sure, sure. I think every guy is convinced like, yo, if I went to prison, <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd become the shot caller. <laughs> yeah. So I have this weird thought like, yeah, I bet I could do that. <laughs> You'd be on the top bunk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's this really stressful scene where like the first like bad criminal thing he has to do is like kill this prisoner. Uh -huh. So he has to pretend to go to this guy's cell for like a gay hookup, but he has like a razor in his like tucked in his cheek the whole time. Uh -huh. He's like sitting on the guy's bed, obviously like freaking out because he's like 19 <laughs> and has to kill this guy. And then you can see him looking away and just like a trickle of blood comes Jeez. out of the guy's mouth. It's so tense. Yeah. yeah. Um, that reminds me of that game we played, the way a way out. Remember? Oh, it was, yeah. Like, that two player. I like you were gonna come over like to see my apartment. I think for the first time, and yes. so I like bought a game that we could play on my PS5. Yeah. I also had just gotten the PS5, so I got like this game called A Way Out, which is like a prison escape game. And then we just ended up playing Rocket League, which we <laughs> could have played on any console for like the last <laughs> five years. <laughs> yeah, the bottleneck to play Rocket League is it like having a PS5. <laughs> No, I'm a PS4, and uh, I went through a Rocket League phase. <laughs> Play Rocket League, folks. Uh, my play, my PS, your eyebrow shit is Rocket League. My PSN name is Endless Pain 420. So find me, <laughs> find me on PlayStation. <laughs> okay, what's your recommendation? Um, that sounds good, though. That, that movie sounds good. Um, that reminds me of the movie Stillwater. Um, Stillwater, starring oh, dude criminally underseen movie of last year got no oscar nods i was convinced was gonna win like best picture starring matt damon it's about Whoa. dude it's you have to watch it it's it's about the uh who's the italian chick the chick who like the exchange student who like went to italy and like uh oh. foxy noxy what's her name amanda, no knox. amanda knox yeah um <clears throat> it's like a it's like a 
dra- uh, dramatized, fictionalized version of the Amanda Knox story that takes place in France, starring Matt Damon. Dude, Whoa. It's an incredible movie. It's like huh. he's like this right wing guy. He's like this Trump supporter um, who's like trying to like um, basically he's like the father of Amanda Knox who like goes to oh. well it, France in this movie would have been Italy if they right. did the real story yeah, yeah. to like try and clear her name, like find the real hmm. killer. Dude, it's incredible. It's incredible. And um, anyway, a lot of like uh, very much about like Arab uh, white, I guess, relations in mm. France, like that hmm. sort of social issue or dynamic. Um, so- I, I'm reading the description cast. Matt Damon is Bill Baker and an unemployed roughneck whose daughter ends up wrongly in prison. And then roughneck is hyperlinked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah nice. Yeah. Uh, loyalist. Yeah, a real loyalist. <laughs> He's a, dude, he's a true patriot. In that way. Wait, do you think there's any way through, like, can the loyalists see that we're using his music? Because I, like, I attributed know. it properly in the Anchor, like, show notes. Can the loyalists see that I've been fucking to his music? <laughs> You've been weeks. listening to Socialized <laughs> Pepsi? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. Can the loyalists see that I added his music to my sex playlist? <laughs> 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 i gotta go yeah I, I don't know i think they would they would know how many downloads maybe off this website there yeah. are but i don't know if they would see all of the uses and misuses <laughs> of their their music anyway shouts out to that movie that movie's amazing you you well, yeah that, that wasn't gonna be my uh, this looks really game, good but it's incredible it's, yeah. it's actually this incredible. looks awesome i was convinced it was gonna win best picture last year but like got no nods well i was it didn't pay up i guess i was gonna say i was convinced that don't look up was going <laughs> to win best picture and a little betting corner for you guys i had placed a 15 dollar bet on don't look up to win best picture which would have paid out literally 1100 dollars. but i was so convinced that the smug liberals in Hollywood <laughs> were so self-congratulatory okay. and so impressed with this piece of shit movie. Like, like a movie so bad, I would not rewatch it for this podcast. <laughs> I'm going to put my foot down. I lost respect for DiCaprio. Was for that being an OG? This thing. Was that a, was, oh, yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. So I thought this movie was going to win. It did win, <laughs> which made me happy for movies, but upset as a gambler. Don't look up is... <laughs> should never should if you don't know about that movie don't look it up no do not look up <laughs> don't look curse, up don't look up yeah is a command <laughs> yeah from the movie to <laughs> viewers don't look this up holy shit um okay so yeah so still water okay that looks awesome still water uh my uh since i don't watch movies anymore for some reason <laughs> i uh my highbrow pick was gonna be actually an album i listened to just today um uh album uh so weezer has been hear me <laughs> out has been releasing um mini albums every season so it's called the seasons album s z z i think yeah um and so they released an album in the summer like seven tracks like kanye huh. shit like good music yeah. shit. they released like seven tracks in the summer in the autumn in the uh spring and then in the winter they just dropped their winter album um and their winter album rips it's uh it's very good and so now you have all the full year complete year of and does um, each season does the music possess qualities that make you think like ah this is wintry music so that's like, a great question yeah. i think they started out with that concept <laughs> and spring and summer i really felt had those energies <laughs> autumn and winter just sound like weezer music okay <laughs> which i was like i mean is their music just autumn winter music i would in say general? so uh yeah there's something to that i wouldn't say it's more 
leaning in heavily more heavily into winter or autumn mood yeah. than their music typically <laughs> uh, than the, the green album did yeah. or whatever the okay fuck. um the white album uh which fucking dude the fucking hubris of uh uh rivers, rivers cuomo to put out a white album. is that his real name yeah is there a birth certificate that says rivers cuomo <laughs> You're a birther for Rivers Cuomo. Show us that birth certificate, Rivers. (laughs) If we can call you that. Um, uh, So that album's pretty good. Nice. um, You know what? I also just picked a quick shout out. I also just picked up the, I I, I texted you the, we went to the the reading, a short story uh, reading by the three authors who write short stories. One of them was Kim Fu, who wrote a short story collection called, um, lesser known monsters of the 21st century. I just finished the story that she um, started reading oh, um, during yeah. the reading that we went to. About for the like, husband and wife and one of them kills the other. And like 3D prints her again. Yes. Um, yeah. That rocks. Great concept and, and very strong as mm. well. Like an incredible story front to back. So anyway, shouts out to uh, Kim Fu. Invisible, uh, lesser known monsters of the 21st century. Yeah, I, I was impressed with her reading. Uh, one last comment, and then we'll we gotta go. Once again, I'm getting very hungry. I'm full of kombucha and zero food. <laughs> um, you know what album always makes me think of like fall and winter, uh-huh. like the weather's getting colder. Yes. What a time to be alive by Drake and Future, and Ooh. something about like the album artwork, like the stock image of those diamonds, and just like the beat choices and stuff. A lot of people say the album artwork artwork doesn't matter i think it absolutely does dude. oh it adds to the vibe 1000 percent. yeah and even if you make your album like a black square like kanye did yeah. uh, it still affects people's perception or like the cd in the case like on yeezus or like the lord the newest lord album where it's just like an up sh- oh like, yeah <laughs> I, i'm aware of what you're talking about it's just like directly into your asshole <laughs> yes from, from ex- the bottom from like underneath an exam yeah. Uh, yeah. No, album artwork definitely matters. Yeah. All right, man. Okay. I I think we just talked you know about Lord's asshole. I think that's the you cue know what? For what us time? Are, what time are we at? Uh, fourteen on this uh segment. So we're at like an hour twenty five. We're gonna call it there. Call we it. were going for fifty, but we overshot. All right. This is How Original Podcast, Season One, Episode Two. Good night, folks. Subscribe. Uh, Instagram. Yes. Follow us at how original pod. And then uh, if you're a broke loser, sponging off uh, an ex partner's Netflix, uh, send us an email at how original pod at gmail.com and tell me that I'm an asshole. (laughs) Bye. Bye. All right, so we're back with a quick PS. Uh, we forgot to do Letterboxd. So we're just going to rattle off a few Letterboxd reviews of this movie that we found very funny. So I'm consulting the brain trust right here. Uh, half a star. My brain lost wrinkles and is edging precariously close toward its final form. A smooth, wrinkleless frutella pink pea. Should I continue watching whatever Netflix hurdles my way? Ten likes. <laughs> Whatever Netflix hurdles <laughs> my way. Oh my god, dude. Um, <laughs> That's gonna happen to us. <laughs> um, my one of my favorite was uh, this is anti milk propaganda. <laughs> <laughs> Which did you think it was? Did you think it was anti milk or no. anti barely legals?
more. I thought it was anti barely legal. Yeah, I don't think it was anti mill. Because yeah. I don't think they're supposed to be saying the main character is like bad for having these sex, this sex drive, right? Right, right. Um, I, I don't think she's villainized. Half a star. I thought I dreamt that I watched this movie and just suddenly remembered it. <laughs> Which I can totally see that happening. <laughs> My own, my own review, one and a half stars. I rewatched it for podcast research. This is a form of self-harm. <laughs> um, oh, here's one I like. Here's a wholesome one. Saw someone on TikTok say, this is a great movie. I'm never trusting anyone on that app again. That's probably Hol- a good thing. Holy shit. Yeah, people are on TikTok recommending this. I think we should ban TikTok. <laughs> you know, I think Trump was kind of onto something late in his presidency when he's like, TikTok has to go. But, like, this movie has a net good if it's taking people, making people stop trusting TikTok. You know right. I mean? If it's encouraging that media literacy. <laughs> I've seen porn with more plot and less sex than this movie. <laughs> <laughs> and two stars. Why just why? <laughs> <laughs> the murder nanny had some cute skirts, so I gave it two stars. <laughs> I mean, fair. All right, guys. That's <laughs> one, one last one. Half star. Beater. All this bitch knows is suppress homosexuality, smoke cigars. <laughs> <laughs> That's all we know, too, folks. Yeah, that'll do it, folks. End of this episode. All right. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> and I think we have to tack that onto the very end after we've already said goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>